0: This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. When it comes to your mother, you want her sleeping in a comfortable bed. When she's with me, she won't have to worry about that because I sleep on a Novilla mattress. Let me tell you, when your mom is at my place, she is sleeping on a very comfortable mattress and she is going to get you one as well. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night, made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. It comes in a box delivered right to your door and you get hundred nights to try it out. Skip that trip to the big box mattress store and get a mattress from Novilla. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Try out the mattress that your mom tried out last night. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Hello, oh, and what is going on, my fellow shwooklords? What is up? Welcome to a new and exciting episode of Cancel Sweezy, the best podcast that ever exists, a.k.a. the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. What's, what's going on, folks? What's up? I uh, hope you all had a good Christmas. Uh, I had a Christmas, and uh, it happens once a year. Like, you know, as those famous songs would say, Christmas only comes once a year. Um, so the songs do that. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, but anyways, though, Christmas is over. Uh, I had a, I had a Christmas. I uh, smoked a pulled pork, and everyone was like, you can't smoke a pulled pork. It's going to be like zero degrees. It was literally zero degrees. I think it got up to 10 degrees. They told me, the haters told me that I could not. Smoke a pulled pork in that degree, of weather, and I proved them all wrong. Uh, they they are wrong, and uh, they played themselves. Congratulations, you played yourself. Uh, because I successfully did it. I took, I did, uh, was I started at like 11 p.m., and then uh, I took it off the smoker around 4 p.m., so uh, so maybe like 15 hours, I believe, around there. And then, you know, you let it rest for around an hour or two and, you know, and stuff like that. So it's maybe a 16-hour uh, process, even, even before and after stuff, too, as well. I'd say around 16 hours to do it, so it was really good. Uh, my mom was stressing out the entire time and, therefore, stressing me out. Uh, she was like, I'm going to leave the drinks in the refrigerator. I'm like, why don't we just set them out before they're ready to go? She's like, well, I want them to be cold. I'm like, why did you buy, make me buy a huge-ass bag of ice? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, Okay your 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 entire purpose to uh, that day was to to make me suffer. That was the antagonist of the day. It was my mother. But um Christmas Christmas was ultimately fun. Uh I drank a lot of Jameson. Uh and uh we played Mario Kart a little tipsy, I ate tipsy. That was great. Eating when you're drunk is great. Uh and then eventually everyone else went upstairs to play a game together and I took a nap. <laughs> Uh, I took a nap on the couch, and uh, that was exciting. That was really cool and exciting. So uh, that was fun. Then I went over to another friend's house. We played Drunk Mario Kart, and, uh, and then they were like let's play Smash. And I'm like, I didn't bring my special controller I use for Smash, but I can try anyways. But I was wasting. I'm like, I can't be any good at this. I, I there was no way I was gonna win. So I got I I play, I really played myself. Congratulations, you played yourself. I really played myself uh, there. Um, so I would say, uh next time I get voted for a drug Mario Kart and possibly Smash, I am going to make sure I come sober. Uh, and and with gifts. No, no, probably not gifts. Probably not gonna come over with gifts. Uh, I may come over with uh I may be I may be, you know, come not come me. I don't have that one. Santa drop. But yeah, no, Christmas was fun. Uh stuff like that. I got some uh was it? I got some uh used so I got some new pickups for my telly. Uh so those of you follow me on social media you saw I got it. Telecaster. A couple weeks ago, I decided to put some new pickups in it. I'm uh, probably when the probably the day this episode comes out is when I'm going to be installing them for the most part. So that's really cool. I got some candy. Um, I got uh, my brother gave me this shirt with Shrek on it. It's the Audio People. Uh, audio People are not going to see it, but I have Shrek and Donkey, and they're confused. The the Do the Duloc, welcome to Duloc, such a perfect town. Here we have some rules, let us lay them down. Don't make way. stay in line, and we'll get along fine. Duloc is a perfect place. The fact that I have that, that, uh, wash your face. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason I have that, so yes, yeah, from that scene in the movie, for those the the audio listeners out there. Uh, but no, good Christmas. I went to, we did a white elephant gift exchange at a friend's uh, on the 23rd, Festivus, as you would call it, uh, I gave out a, uh, framed headshot of, of yours truly, um, uh, a yeah, framed headshot of yours truly, I gave that away, I, I got the Eagles Hotel California on vinyl, and, uh, a bottle of Jameson, which sounds actually like a, that is a nice gift, because it probably was, I think, uh, the person who got it to me was a little confused, but, um, uh, it'd be like that. It'd be like that sometimes. And I really like that. Um, but anyways, though, yeah, that was Christmas. It was it was fun, chill. You know, uh, made a lot of food, had a lot of fun. Uh, we had a good t- nothing but nothing but a good time. You know, <laughs> nothing but a good time. How can I resist? Um, so very cool. But anyways, though, let's move on with the show. You're listening to. Uh, Cancel Shweezy, the only podcast out there, uh, ready to meet slutty women in 2023. Uh, 2023 is upon us. This is the last episode of the year of Cancel Shweezy. Uh, and so it's very exciting. Uh, so much to do, so much to see, but then I believe next week we're going to get into the delusion board, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, the last week, I will get to say this, uh, my cover of Last Christmas by Wham!, from Never New Records' uh, compilation album Grandma Got Run Over by Tour Van, out now. You're probably not going to want to listen to it after New Year's, so that's why I'm going over it today. And so, uh, tick-tock on the clock, but the party don't stop, you know? Cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. Uh, and stuff like that. And so, uh, there's that, and there's also a band I've been playing with, um, Stonehouse. They released a single called American Honey. Uh, you can definitely go check that out wherever you stream your music, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal. Uh, Amazon, YouTube, wherever that is, so definitely go check that out. It's gonna be it's, that's a good time, always a good time over there. It's a good song and stuff like that. Uh, make sure you're checking out social media at the Shweezy. Uh, get updated on anything I might do, anything or just fun pics. In um, my DMs, you can DM if you're a lady. You can you can send me pictures of your private parts. Only if you want to, though. Uh, I will look at them. So uh come on mark don't be stingy uh we can also go check out on twitch twitch.tv slash the Sweezy. i believe i did all my streams on pokemon violet that i could that i possibly could uh so we're gonna figure out a new game to play i do know eventually i want to get into a new nuzlocke i want to win a nuzlocke the first time in my life i want to win a nuzlocke so uh to do that i have to go where no man has gone before and uh yeah, let's we'll see what, we'll see, any more adventures are always on the way. Go check that out. If you have an Amazon Prime account, connect it to your Twitch account, twitch.tv slash Uh Basically, what I'm telling you here is to subscribe to anyone on Twitch, you usually spend about $5. Following anyone is free, so definitely make sure you're going over and following me over on Twitch, but uh, there's also uh, the subscribe, where if you have an Amazon Prime account, what you can go ahead and do is connect the to you. get a Twitch Prime, basically. And you get to subscribe to someone for free every month. Basically, it's taking $5 away from Jeff Bezos. And you know what? I like that. So definitely go check that over there. Help financially support of the show like you can over on Patreon. It's basically a tip jar right now. And I just do want to say uh, that's a great way to say thank you for being a friend. Travel down this road and back again. Because if your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. And um, that's really cool. Uh, But don't forget, there's always a free shit you can do. If you're an audio-only listener, I do want to make sure you know to go over and check out our YouTube page as well. We do have the full episode, the video side, so if you're throwing up on your TV, you can always just watch me instead of just listening to me. Kind of get the best of both worlds, you know, Hannah Montana style. Um, And then also, we do post highlights of the show, so you can go share those with your friends, or if you just want to listen to the highlights, or listen to the advice section, or the middle section, or just whatever I'm talking about in the news. Those are also great things to, for you can do as well, and uh, to to turn you into a better human being. Uh, but obviously, on the uh, video platforms already, make sure you're liking all the episodes, leaving us comments, uh, and subscribing. Make sure you're not not being stingy. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Because that would be don't, that wouldn't be very good of you if you're not doing that. Uh, and then obviously, if you're on the audio platforms, leave a review and give us a. Five, four, three, two, or one-star rating uh, because those are the great ways to say thank you. Uh, so, thank you, thank you so much, everyone. For uh, those of you don't know, if you're watching the show right now, you'll see that I am actually doing this podcast from Times Square. Legit, it's legit Times Square. I'm li- literally there. How is it so quiet? You may be asking. Isn't Times Square a pretty loud place? Because there's just a lot of people around there. Well, I'm telling you, I'm just I'm just built different. Okay, it's not like I'm on, I'm not on a green screen. I'm really there. Uh, I am really there, young, dumb, dumb and strong, uh, <coughs> to all the things that you uh, would be be interested in. But yeah, no, I'm I'm in Times Square. Uh, it's really exciting, really cool. And now uh, yeah, this is our last episode of 2022. So uh, it's been a weird year, you know. Had some good points and some bad points though uh you know my dad died this year uh which that's rough buddy i know that's you know appropriate and then like i've done a lot more music and stuff like that you know i'm getting some groundwork done some more new projects and all that stuff so a lot of a lot of cool you know as garth would say cool stuff slick stuff neat stuff so yeah i'm excited to see what 2023 uh will bring so um Anyways, though, let's jump into previous week right now. Previous week right now, what is that? What You may be asking, well, I'm here to tell you what it is. Um, previous week right now, uh, we're going over the news of the previous week. Um, what kind of news you may be asking? Uh, the only news I found important, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, this week, folks, um, people weren't making news over Christmas, just just saying. Uh, there's not a lot of news going on. Some some weeks the news segments I'm just I'm just being vulnerable with you. Uh, not every week has some bangers, some hit. The news the news isn't like the top forty music. Uh, not every week can have hits. Um, but nevertheless, he persisted. Let's let's jump into it. Let's see what's going on. What's been going on uh, this week, though? Uh, as our boy Philip DeFranco would would say, let's just jump into it. So uh, this one is from Deadline. Uh, this, this, is, this is a funny one. Let's start off with a little funny, funny stuff going on today. Iowa sports reporter lets viewers know he's not happy about being sent to cover a blizzard at 3.30 a.m. That's rough, buddy. <coughs> okay. Um... I didn't realize that there was a 3.30 also in the morning until today, and KWWL TV sports reporter Mark Woodley doing a live remote in the middle of a blizzard for the channel's morning show. Woodley was drafted onto the weather team when the storm hit, and he was unusually candid with his feelings about the assignment. I normally do sports, but everything here is canceled because of the weather, said Woodley, so what better time to ask the sports guy to come in about five hours earlier than he would normally wake up and go stand out in the wind and the snow, and the cold, and tell other people not to do the same. Then in one of his sign-offs, tune in for the next couple hours to watch me progressively get crankier and crankier. Uh, The video has racked up over a million views in the 12 hours since it was posted, garnering praise from the likes of Judd Apatow, David Cross, Rich Eisen, and Rex Chapman. So, yeah, this is very you know all these things are always very interesting, like to hear about. You are like, all right, so, all right, where the news? I mean, I mean, you're, you are wa- you are listening to the news, but imagine what? Imagine y- you are you are not on YouTube and you are watching the news. <coughs> you bought an antenna, and uh, you y- you set up the little rabbit ears, and uh, you are like, I am going to watch the local news. So. <laughs> So, like, you know, you're doing that and stuff like that. And so, and here's he just, like, turning on. It's 3.30 a.m. And this dude's like, it's pretty fucking bad outside. Uh, don't go outside. It's bad. Um, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think. Look how I'm fucking miserable. And, like, yeah, you see all those people who are like, we'll oh, have a guy stand out in the hurricane just to show us what it's like. Um, yeah. Is So here's a good question uh, for society. Um do we need, do we need an actual person on camera, uh, to be out in the storm and be like, yeah, it sucks out here. I'm like, thanks, Ted. Uh, we're glad that we're glad to know that it sucks out here. I I wouldn't have known. I, I live in my house and I never leave. I never leave my house. Uh, and I know I've, I've seen the comments and you're like, yeah, I know this guy doesn't leave the house. Uh, you're his mom's basement or anything else like that. And you know what? fuck you. Um, I don't need that negativity in my life. Uh, it's, we're starting a new year soon. I don't need your negativity, um, in your life, but also, yeah. Why do we need a guy out in the storm or a woman out in the storm in general, like for these things? Like, well, as you can see, there's snow outside. Uh, I bet most of you, if you, if you're curious to look out your windows, uh, you will see that. And we you're like, Oh, I guess there's snow outside. Better not go out. Uh, so yeah, no, it is actually, there is a weird thing where like, like boomer, you know, boomers, like they still watch the news and you're like, why would you watch, why are you watching this? Like it's fucking nonsense. But like, you know, like they're so accustomed, like this, that's, that's how they used to get the weather. Like, uh, kids, Gen Z, if you're listening, Gen Z, I'm not trying to shame you for being young. A lot of people are already doing that. I'm not doing that. But, uh, there was a time before the internet. I was there. I think I was, I think, that's a good question. When was the internet invented? Let's look that up. When was the internet invented? Oh, 1983. The internet was invented, uh, but like, I grew up in the era where basically the internet was invented in 1983, so 10 years before I was born, so I've always lived with the internet, but not really, um there was a time where not everyone had internet in their homes. I bet there's also, that's actually a kind of a big crisis in the United States now. Like there's people out there who do not have internet in their homes. Like, cause they, they just can't afford it. you know, and like, it's becoming a thing. Like, I don't understand how we can't just like, we all just have electricity or, and we all have water. And, you know, you know, if you have a house and you pay taxes, you know, why, why can't we do that? You know, it's like things like we need, like, can't just be like, Hmm. You know, because, like, internet, at least for a while, internet was kind of at the point where it was like, yeah, you don't need the internet, you know. Uh, it's like cable. It's like you don't need cable like, and stuff like that. Like, we need internet. like but, I, but, like, we're getting to a point where we need internet. Like, we need electricity. I, I feel like electricity is a human right. Like, water, like, most people are like, Water's a human right. I know a lot of Christians who support a lot of... Support a lot of, uh, missionaries and organizations that try to bring water and also, uh, gaslight you you and to go into church, you know, to, to with their, with their stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, um, where the hell am I going with this? What the hell am I doing? Um, I was talking about, like, oh, yeah, it was, like, everyone needs internet. Oh, yeah, before that, and then, okay, kids, so, uh, like, when I was a kid, I think by the time I am maybe, a. Uh, at least by the time I was 10, we had internet. Or Even before that, I believe we had internet um, in the house, but it was like at one computer, it was probably dial-up too. Then eventually, I remember when Wi-Fi was a thing, and my dad had his work laptop or whatever, and he was at the kitchen counter, and he was on the internet. That was pretty mind-blowing. That was just like everything has Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is everywhere. Um, anyways, though, but yeah, for boomers, it's like, they that's how they used, that's for like for like, in their, their entire lives. That's how they've had to uh, look at the weather, either with the radio or from, uh, like, the local weather, you know. That's how they figured out what the weather was. You know, I just don't care about the weather. I'll look it up if I need to. Ah. But anyways, though, like, this guy's right. This, this, this fucking sucks. That fucking sucks. And if I had to do that, I'd be, I wouldn't be happy about it. So, uh, to all of us at Cancel Sweezy. That's rough, buddy. This next one's from True Crime Daily. Um, This this, this one caught me off guard. Michigan mom accused of catfishing and cyberbullying her daughter for over a year. A 42-year-old mother is facing charges after she allegedly catfished her teenage daughter and sent her demeaning text messages over the span of months. According to the Mount Pleasant Morning Sun... Kendra Licari was charged Monday, December 12th, with two counts of stalking a minor, two counts of using a computer to commit a crime, and one count of obstruction of justice for allegedly harassing her daughter and her daughter's then-boyfriend. Licari and the boyfriend's mother reported the harassment to the school district in December 2021. The two worked with the Beale City Schools to find the culprit, but The Morning Sun reports the school was hamstrung at times because many of the messages were not sent on school grounds. Uh, Lucari worked as a basketball coach at her daughter's school in 2021, but was reportedly not invited back to lead the team. WKRC-TV reported the alleged cyberbullying began in early 2021, according to WKRC-Isabella County Prosecutor David Barberi. It said prosecutors collected several hundreds of text messages, including over 1,000 pages of discovery. The daughter allegedly received up to 12 texts in a day. Barberi... But Bear Barry said, by the large, by and large, it was mostly just harassing type text messages, demeaning, demoralizing, and just mean text. The Morning Sun reports, Lakari allegedly used a VPN to hide the actual location where she sent the messages and posed as different teenagers. The FBI eventually got involved and tracked the IP address to Lakari. Uh, WWTV WWPTV, TV or uh, reports: Burberry, uh called Lakari's alleged actions a cyber Mon- Munchausen syndrome. Uh, Lakari has booked into Isabella County Jail and released after posting a five thousand dollar bond. <sighs> okay, we here. Here's we all know what I'm going to say. Let's go all full right. throttle. And we're not going to go full fucking full throttle. Um, so, first of all. Uh, she used a VPN, so, I mean, that was at least smart to hide the location, you know? That's not the worst. That was not the worst thing she did. Um, but here's the thing. VPNs are great, and I think I'm going to try to get a... I want to get a VPN sponsor for this show, because I think it's good to have a VPN. I was on one VPN service. Uh, I signed up for it, and I was using it, and I went on the sponsor, but they would not. So, uh, nevertheless, he persisted. We are getting... Um, we will be finding another one. Um, and, uh... So yeah, but like, unlike, you know, most VPN services, they will fucking, they will fucking rat you. They'll just rat you out, you know? Like, it's the, it's the service itself. Like they're just like, hey, we need to get this. Fine, yeah, yeah, look for it, you know? It's, I don't care. Uh, they're, it's generally, they're not gonna help you fight against like the FBI, but they'll help you with like just hackers and shit like that. Makes it a lot easier. Uh, but yeah, but like, they didn't give me the, why did they not tell me the reason why? Why would you cyber bully your daughter? Like, that's the question I'm curious about. Like, what did this daughter do? <laughs> like, what does this, like, I don't know, you know, I, I have friends with kids and I love them. I love them. Uh, you know, if I'm mean to them, it's because we're joking around and it's funny, but I'm not going to like fucking cyber bully them. Uh, to a point where the FBI has to get involved with this shit. Like what, how the fuck, how bad do you have to be at cyberbullying to like, you have to get the FBI involved? Like, like I've, you know, I've gotten, you know, I'm not meaning to brag. I did, I've, I've done a little cyberbullying, but it, I always do it for a good cause. Um, I used to harass a bunch of Republicans on uh, Facebook. Uh, then they all deleted me as friends. Uh, now I don't get to see any Republican shit anymore. It's kind of upsetting. Uh, world's smallest violin, if you would say so. Like, that that was pretty uh, pretty bad. But, like, the FBI had to get into it. Like, And then, like, so we're talking about, like, yeah, I always think it's weird when, like, you go to, like, the school. Like, someone's being mean to me outside of school, so I'm going to tell the school about it. I remember getting in trouble, like, you know, we'd, like, you know, we go to like basketball games when I was a kid and like someone uh was mad about something I did like outside of school and so they tell the teacher it's like you're not supposed to be doing I'm like, okay, look, this happened this didn't happen in school. Like, you can't really do anything. Like, unless you want to play therapist. Like, you can't do anything, you know. It was just normal shit like people being mean, and then someone wanted to tattle, uh, shit like that. But like, yeah, I was like I I never I never got the idea it was like, hmm this kid is being mean to me on the internet. The internet is not school, but why am I going to ask the school to get involved with something that doesn't happen at school? That, that was that's weird. But but this this had to be pretty fucking bad. Um, I wish you would tell me what was going on. Okay, so like just charged, uncharged, two counts of stalking a minor. Uh two counts of using a computer to commit a crime and one kind of obstruction of justice for allegedly harassing her daughter and her daughter's then boyfriend. How is that obstru- obstruction of justice for harassing her own daughter? How did that, her- oh, maybe she obstructed justice by like when her daughter was trying to figure out the culprit, like she was trying to like obstruct that. Uh, so it's a minor, that makes sense. I guess, I guess they're the boyfriend too. So that's two counts of each. Using a computer to commit a crime? How, how does, I, I cannot figure out how to commit, I don't know how to commit crimes over the internet. I, I don't know, I just, maybe I'm dumb, maybe I'm dumb, uh, maybe I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, as one of the greatest bands ever alive once said, but, um, I've never, I've never committed a crime, I, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever committed a crime over the internet, um, unless, like, what would, what? Cause even then, like you could leave a mean comment and shit like that, but like I don't know what like what shit I would. I don't even know what I would do. What would I could do? Because the only thing I know how to do is leave comments. Like I'm not on the dark web. Like I'm gonna hire an assassin to kill her. <laughs> like Jesus. Uh, anyways, though, uh, apparently mothers, um, I'm gonna quote John Mayer. This 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 will get to you in a second. Fathers be good to your daughters because daughters will love like you do. And then girls become mothers. Or lovers, I can't remember. Okay, I'm going to start this over. Fathers be good to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers who turn into mothers. So mothers be good to your daughters too. That's what John Mayer said, and I think he was, I actually kind of think he was right there. So, um. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. All right, we got one more article today. Uh, uh, this one, this one's gonna be a little bit of a throwback for y'all. Um Top Energy Department official no longer employed after luggage theft accusation. Uh, the Department of Energy official responsible for nuclear fuel and radioactive waste is no longer employed by the federal agency after two alleged airport baggage theft incidents, according to local reports and court records. Sam Brinton, uh, the former deputy assistant secretary for spent fuel and waste disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy, was charged in December for grand larceny in Nevada. Brinton was accused of stealing luggage from Harry Reid International Airport, according to a report from KLAS. Sam Brinton is no longer a DOE employee. By law, the Department of Energy cannot comment further on personal matters, a department spokesperson said. Brinton was previously charged with theft in Minnesota for allegedly taking another passenger's hard-sided suitcase from the baggage carousel at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport after flight in September. When conducted by a Minnesota police officer, Brenton decided uh, decided taking the luggage, but later called back and apologized for not being completely honest. According to the criminal complaint, Brenton admitted to taking the bag, but stated they were tired and looked the suitcase, thinking it was theirs. According to the complaint, their initial appearance in the Minnesota case is scheduled for February 2023. A White House spokesperson understood, underscored to CNN that Brenton was not a White House appointee. They are a career civil service employee and consistent with how personal actions are are handled for nearly two million civil service employees across the federal government. I have to refer you to the Department of Energy for more information. The official added, CNN has reached out to Brinton for Common, the Daily Beast previously reported on Brinton's employment status. Uh, prior to joining the Department of Energy, Brinton served in roles at several think tanks, including in the Bipartisan Policy Center, the Breakthrough Institute, and Third Way. Brinton is an LGBTQ advocate and outspoken against uh, activist against conversion therapy. They also worked with the Trevor Project, a nonprofit, focused on preventing suicides among the LGBTQ community to start a campaign to ban conversion therapy throughout the country. Uh I just lost my spot. Oh, there we go. Uh, this summer, Brinton tweets, it's official. As of June 19th, I now serve my nation as the Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent, Fuel, and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy in the Department of Energy. Uh, in the same Twitter thread, Brinton said they held off announcing the news after receiving more than 100 death threats and more vi- vitriol than i could have imagined earlier this month a group of republican members of congress issued a letter to energy secretary jennifer granholm demanding britain's resignation the 16 signatories alleged that Britain was placed on leave without providing crucial contact clarifying that britain's recent employment status was the result of a felony charge the most qual. <laughs> Uh, They called on Granholm to set aside petty politics and appoint only the most qualified and dedicated individuals to influence America's energy sector. But the letter-led signatory Republican Andrew Clyde of Georgia, a Twitter suggests without proof that Britain's hiring to a non-political... Federal role was part of the Biden administration's efforts to prioritize wokeness. Additional tweets from Clyde, Miss Jenner, Brenton. I hope this fiasco makes the Biden administration think twice before prioritizing wokeness above competence again, Clyde tweeted on Monday. Um, I bet you're wondering, everyone. I bet you're wondering. uh, This is very random. uh, But if you remember a couple months back on Cancel Sweezy, you know, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast. We talked about how Sam Brenton, uh, you know, he, when he got the job, he was very into pup play. Like, uh, not only were they, I hope I did not say he before, but they were into pup play. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong. You see, I guess you can be into pup play, you know. Um, the thing is, I don't want to know about it. I don't think anyone needs to know about it. Uh, no one needs to know your sexual fetishes uh, besides you and your, the person you're gonna stick your wiener or vagina into, um, I'm just assuming you can, I know someone's gonna be like, well, actually, shut the fuck up, uh, but this they-them, uh, you know, it's like, so they were very, they're very qualified for the position they had, uh, very qualified, they, they had the proper degrees, research, they were great, uh, Sam Brinton, though, um, the fact, you know, and the fact that they were, is gay even the, can you even say gay if you're non-binary? Does gay even work there? Are you just pansexual? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you, how you do it from there, but they, they were qualified and, uh, yeah, they, they were gay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that didn't bother me at all. I mean, the person's gay, but. But I just think it's funny that they were into pup and they're like, you know, I'm a big advocate of letting everyone fucking know what fetish you're into. You know, my buddy TJ, he's really into feet, and uh, I let everyone know that. Um, But that, to me, is funny. Uh, But what what this is, it's not funny. It makes you weird. Uh, It's not weird to have a fetish. It's weird to let everyone know you have a fetish. That's how I see it, and I think that's how the world works. Uh, the world works in a way where I don't want to know what makes your dick hard. Uh, I believe they have a dick, and uh, I think God, I think God prefers it that way. I identify as a fucking threat. Have you ever been out in public and thought, "Hey, look at that fat guy?" only for it to turn out to be a mirror and you are in fact the fat guy? That was the moment that kickstarted me into becoming the greatest health expert the world has ever seen. But I wasn't born being built different. Like Joe Cocker before me, I get by with a little help from my friends. And my friends happen to be today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while you work out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder, by using the link in our description today you can save 15% on your purchase. Go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you're at the beach, you aren't going there naked, letting everyone see your little shrunken PP from being in the water. No, you're wearing some sort of clothing to cover up your privates. So why would you let companies you buy products from have access to the privates of your credit cards? That's where today's sponsor, Privacy, comes becomes the clothing for your credit card information. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for a service with a free trial that requires you to put in a credit card to sign up. But wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Oh no! Our table! All right, so since <clears throat> it is the last cancel shweezy of the year, or 2022, d- depends on your how you identify as a gender of the year. This is the last Cancel Sweezy of 2022, last Cancel Sweezy of the year. Every year, I do like looking at the albums I enjoyed, uh, the albums I didn't enjoy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I like to rank them in order and I like to talk about uh, my favorite albums of each year. Uh, it's, it's always a weird list um, because, you know, a lot of times what will happen. Is I'll discover a new artist, a new artist I really like, a new artist I'm gonna like really enjoy and just listen to their albums nonstop. And what happened is that album came out the previous year I found, which isn't too uncommon for a lot of people because a lot of times like an album cycle lasts. They usually try to last two years, you know, for the most part. Uh, but yeah, no, it's like I listened to uh, Magnolia Park. That that's her name. It's not a song name. Yeah, Magnolia Park's the name. I was like. For a second, I was like, that's not a name of one of their songs, is it? I'm like, no, it's Magnolia Park. Uh, they didn't release anything, but I listened to them a lot this year. Uh, and a lot of other artists, I listen to Blink-22 a lot, you know? Uh, but anyways, though, what I like to do every year is I like to go over my top 10 favorite albums of the year. Just to wrap up the year, my top 10 favorite albums. Now, a lot of times, I do lists like these, and I see someone in the comments going... Hey, this album that I really liked was not on your list. Well, I'm here to tell you that I don't give a shit about your opinion. This is my list. If I wanted to listen to your list, you start your own podcast and you do all that yourself, okay? Because uh, this is about me. We're, we're, we're talking about me right now. So uh, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Anyways, though, uh, I guess we can just start getting right into it. Um, typically, uh, you know, last year, I think last year was the first year I did this, and I really like doing this, so I'm doing it again this year. I would typically start off with honorable mentions. Now, uh, album-wise or EP-wise, uh, EPs will be involved here, but I think all these are actually albums. Uh, yeah, nothing really Nothing really came up. To me, I would say, like, this this is great, but for some reason, I cannot count this to our list. Like, usually, uh, like, of Taylor Swift, you know, she was in, like, a whole weird deal with, like, having to re-release all of her records. Like, I'm not going to put that on my list. Like, those albums already technically came out. Uh, this is so Taylor has the her rights back to her music, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's the situation. But uh, this year, I really didn't have any honorable mentions, and I didn't really go out of my way of, like, I didn't see a lot of artists that, like, I liked this year that I would say that like released a bad album uh because like even artists I did like and uh not necessarily my favorite album they've ever released it's still like them and some of them I have made the list uh this year but for the most part yeah I didn't have any albums that I think need to be put in honorable mention I didn't don't I only released one song this year which is fun uh maybe 2023 I'm thinking uh I think we gonna get some releases out in 2023 you know uh, as long as God is, you know. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Uh, I gotta get to. I have to get off my ass and get recording done. Um, so yeah, I didn't really have any honorable mentions, or I didn't have any uh, albums I wish were good, but were ass. Because last year, Ed Sheeran, Adele, and Bleachers all released now albums that were just not good, uh, just generally not good. Uh, and I was, I was dreading finishing the new Pokemon game, mainly because at the end credits, it's an Ed Sheeran song. And how Twitch does not flag a million people for reaching the credits, I don't know. Maybe there's a weird copyright thing with it. That is always weird with video games. Like, you could use video game music, like in a YouTube video. Rarely get flagged for copyright. It's just very weird. But anyways, though, I think I've been rambling long enough uh, for this. Let's get into uh, our first album. Uh, or first album, or what I would like to say, the number 10 slot of uh, Sweezy's albums of the year. Uh f- number ten, Demi Lovato's album Holy Fuck, or Holy F V C K Holy V-U-K, Um, as the album would say, it's probably just uh easily to uh, get get around censors, you know. You know, uh, you know, uh oh. feel like a woman, a real woman. Let's go full throttle. This is the type of guy you're He still hasn't remembered the soundboard. Uh, You know, so Demi Lovato, I was genuinely surprised. So Demi Lovato, uh, I believe they go by she-they now. If I'm right, I could be wrong. I'm not trying to cause any microaggressions. I'm not trying to do that. But I believed, last I heard, she-they. So I I just want to point that out there. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Uh, We're just talking about music here, Okay. So Demi, she released, uh, so yeah, usually when Demi Lovato has music out, you know, you'll occasionally have the bop, like, Cool for the Summer, that was, that was a fucking fun, fun song, uh, and then, you know, Heart Attack, that was a fun one, so it's always like been, like, just random fun songs, uh, never, like, an entire album I've listened to of Demi Lovato's that I've been like, holy fucking shit, this is great, uh, you know, and I think, uh, I'll just call it holy fuck, because I don't think I can say holy fuck, uh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to say that, but no, I was generally surprised uh, that Demi just released a fucking banger of an album. Like this, this is number ten, folks, and I think this album is great. Uh, she has a seven, was it seventeen twenty nine? She has that song clearly about Walt Wil- Rama, but like, and then like, and, and it's really weird because she's clearly like, I don't think it was it was pretty predatory of a relationship. Let's just be honest with you; it's kind of weird, um, but like, he's still working, like, he's gonna be on the new, that, that 90s show, like, he's still around, uh, and, like, you look at a lot of his exes, and they're, like, they're all, they're all pretty young, which I don't, I don't get that, mainly because I think 17-year-old girls are annoying, was it, my rule is 21, my rule's been 21 for a minute, and I'm, like, I'm not gonna, like, fucking wait for her to be able to turn 21 to go to a bar or whatever, I'm, like, I'm fucking, I'm a grown man, uh, very soon, though, it's going to be changing to 25, and it's just going to stay there. Because you can date a 25-year-old. Like, it doesn't matter what age you are. Uh, assuming you've never, you haven't known them since they were children. That's, that's, that's the problem. That's a problem. But like, just say, you meet a woman, she's like, I'm 25. It's okay. You're always going to be allowed to date a 25-year-old. Uh, results may vary. But you're always going to be allowed to date a 25-year-old. And it's never going to be even be like, yeah, there's an age gap. But she was 25. And like, that That is a grown-ass person, you know? Uh, a young, grown-ass person, you know? Anyways, though, that's that's off topic. Demi Lovato, though, really good. And she went into a... She, they, went into a, a very pop-punk, which a lot of artists are kind of going back to more pop-punk rock. And, you know, Demi is like... I do know a little bit about Demi. She's always been into... Uh, you know, a lot of rock music for, for the most part, and like pop punk and stuff like that. So people are like, oh, she switched genres or anything. And I'm like, well, it's still very pop. It's still, it still has a big of a flair of like a pop album. I would say it does, it does have that pop flair, but it does have a rock album to it. And uh, I guess, I think, I believe, uh, her, I think her name is Jen, but I could be wrong, but she played guitar with Evanescence. She's She's like the guitar player she got for her tours. Fucking baller. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, no, uh, holy fuck. Fantastic album, number 10 on my list. Uh, the reason why I feel like it's the lowest one out of here is that I really listened to it for a couple days, and I haven't really thought about going back to it uh, for the most part, but I do think it's really good. And so if you're looking for what I would rate the 10 out of 10 albums, it's going to be uh, Holy Fuck by Demi Lovato. Fuck with the V, as uh, i be sure. So check that out. Number nine on my list, we got Panic at the Disco, Viva Lost Vengeance. I know, I know some of you are thinking, this one's on the list. Very controversial pick, and I'm I'm aware that for some reason this is controversial. Um, You know, and apparently people aren't a big fan of uh, Panic or Brendon Urie anymore. Uh, From the research I know he did, like, he made, like, a trans joke that a long time ago, and people didn't like that. But he's also, like, pansexual, so it's, like, I don't, you know, it's it, that I don't even know about that, you know. Uh, and uh, so, like, generally, though, I do like a lot of the songs on this album. Uh, it, it's no A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. It's just saying. Uh, pretty Odd is pretty good, too, but, like, I think A Fever You Can't Sweat Out is pretty good. Uh, you know, and a lot of people have just really don't like Panic ever since, like, Ryan Ross left the group, and they kind of think Ryan Ross is more like the lyrical genius in the group uh, before that, but like Panic at the Disco I've always kind of described as playing songs that, or like making songs that like musicians would want to play live for the most part, and yeah, I think uh, Viva Lost Vengeance very much cleared that route for it, and I genuinely enjoyed this album, I thought it was a great album, I really enjoyed listening to it and uh, there's a lot of songs I do enjoy in it and here's a question though, if people are cringing about what I'm t- talking about right now uh one thing I would say is, would you be upset if it was just Brendan Yuri solo project and not Panic at the Disco? Because it's probably still Panic at the Disco. Uh, a record label has probably decided that. Uh it's probably not Brendan Yuri for the most part deciding that. Uh because it's clearly it's just a solo project at this point. But like if you if it was just Brendan Yuri solo project, would you give a shit, you know, if you're mad about it? That, that's a good question. Um Another thing that's a, a little controversial. So they recorded this album uh, with an eight-track like recorder, and because they wanted to have a like more vintage and live sounding feel with it, which you know, um, if you, and people were like, "Oh, Brendan, you wanted to take do a second take on this," and people were like criticizing Brendan Urie's vocals, and I do have a TikTok on this uh, somewhere. I'm not gonna dig it up and show it on the show, but uh, about how like it was recorded on eight-track, and so. And so now we're at this debate where people complain that music nowadays is way too polished uh, and way too precise, and that's because the way we produce vocals and we use uh, pitch correcting software and auto tune and other stuff like that for it. But th- and so people are, you know, back in my day, people didn't need that. I'm like, uh, if you want to listen to, you know, I love "Rumors" by Fleetwood Mac, uh, but you can you can notice some problems in that in those recordings, like. You can notice some real record- like problems, but it's just, it just was just a solid recording though, Uh something like that. And it's like if they made it today, they would not leave a lot of that stuff that's in that that album in. Like I don't think that album te- uh, sonically though sounds good at all. But I love that record. Uh, so he recorded with an A track. They recorded it with an A track, and so some of the takes you know are not tuned perfectly. And you're like, Brendan, you know you can do the take again. And people are like showing it. I'm like, okay. So do you want music to sound real or do you want it to sound? Perfect, because if you want music to sound perfect, you're gonna have to uh, expect that they're gonna do a lot of work on it. Uh, if you want, you know, if you want music to sound real, uh, mistakes happen. Uh, you don't always hit everything, especially vocals. Like how modern vocals are recorded, you do four takes and you just take pieces of it. So, like you say, on the first take, you said one line and then uh, the, then after that though, you didn't sing that part right. So you go to like a second or third take and you take a piece from that. And that's how you would kind of like, e piece all your vocal takes together. I uh, didn't do that for this album. So, uh, people have to decide, do you want a uh, perfect sounding music or would you like music to sound real? And I would like music to sound real. If I see it live, like that's a hundred percent what I want, but like recordings at this point for me, like I'm so accustomed to it sounding so perfect. I like it to sound perfect. That's just me. Uh, you know, and um, you know what they they say This is the type of guy you get. Y- y- there we go. Uh, also, there's a song "Makeup Sex" in the middle of a breakup, and I like to say call it "Makeup Shrek," uh, like he was on my shirt today. If you're watching the show, uh, in the middle of a breakup, it's like instead of having makeup sex, you have makeup Shrek, where you just you're you're gonna break up, but like you watch Shrek instead of having sex. Like that's <laughs> uh, that that's pretty funny to me. What So, uh, yeah, so that's number nine, uh, that's Panic at the Disco, Viva Lost Vengeance. Uh, I do think it's great, I do think it's a fun album to listen to, I don't think it's as heartfelt as most Panic at the Disco albums, but I think, uh, if you're at that career point for any of those musicians, like, that's the, that's music you want to play live, and it's, it's fun to play live, so definitely something I would say, yeah, just, just give it a try, you know. Number eight, we have Harry's House. Um. Some of you may, some of you may know. Most of you don't because I don't think I've told anyone this. What that uh, as it was was probably my most streamed song according to Apple Music, and it's just a fucking, it's a fucking banger of a song. Uh, I might make a, oh, like, I'm like in my mind, like should I make a cover of that song? And it's always like uh, Oasis would say, maybe. Anyways, though, but yeah, it was my most streamed song of the year. And like remember when Harry released? Uh, as it was, uh, I'm a big fan of the band Dayglow, which is like a one guy thing, but it's Dayglow. Uh, he released my favorite album of last year, Harmony House. Definitely go check that out if you want to. If you want music from the previous year, but uh, but like when he Harry, Harry released As It Was, people kind of thought it was like a, a harm. Oh, it's a daglo song. A lot of people thought like a daglo song that Harry Styles is singing. And I guess the the guy behind Dayglo, I can't remember his name at the moment, but he was like, yeah, I've gotten a lot of messages. Uh, people think that Harry wrecked me off with his new song, but I'm just flattered that people think of me when they hear that, uh, you know, because it's a well, very well-produced song and stuff like that. A lot of other great songs on that record as well. Uh, this one I don't feel like I need to go into as much of because it's the Harry Styles record, like just good songs throughout uh, and great, you know, just great songs, and, uh, Music vs. Your Restaurant was big on TikTok, this was, like, my, I think of the albums I like this year, uh, this one had the, was my, probably, like, songs I liked that were mostly on TikTok, uh, I think it would be Harry Styles, Harry's House, uh, which I love a good, I like, uh, album titles that could be, like, uh, my new album, Sweezy's House, and it's, like, a joke on Harry's House, but I don't think people will think about it that way, I think people will think, just it's it's just called Sweezy's house. I think that's all people are gonna think it's about. So that's Harry's house number eight. Uh, you know. I like that. Number seven, we have Muna's self titled album, Muna. Uh Muna, not we're not talking about the Pokemon. We're talking about uh Muna the band. Uh M- Muna. Uh they're a uh, they're a queer band. Uh so it's made up of three well. Two of them are women, one's non binary, um, but they're all queer. Uh, they say look, they're all queer. And all the members are hot for some reason. I don't. and oh, It's just upsetting for me as a man. Because, you know. Because, like, I feel like there's something about, like, maybe I have a chance with her, you know? But they're all hot, and they're all not interested in men. I 100% believe none of them are interested in men. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know them personally. But that's kind of the thing with the band. But they switched record labels, meaning they've had, they had some other songs that I really like Number One Fan was always a great song, uh, I know a place, I know a place we can go, where everyone has to lay down the wampons, well, down the wampons, I'm just singing a butt rock style, uh, but yeah, no, they switched labels, so I guess they were on a label, and, uh, I guess they had, um, something happened, uh, that I can't remember at the moment, and they had switched labels, so they joined, uh, Phoebe Bridger's record, uh, which is something sad music or something like that. Uh, And so, yeah, so obviously I think it was a good direction for this band, and uh, the song, I think, is a total fucking banger. Silk Chiffon uh, is a complete banger featuring Phoebe Bridgers. So if you're a fan of Phoebe Bridgers uh, and you want more upbeat pop dancing stuff, like Muna, where Muna's self-title album, it's just just fucking great. Uh, And sometimes I wish that lead singer, I wish lead singer Katie was was at least bisexual, so she'd be into me, but she's not, She she's not, uh, life, life's, life's dirty, it, it be like that sometimes, what is this one, daddy. I don't know, okay, we're not gonna play fucking daddy, um, so life, life be like that sometimes, but it do, you know, uh, it be like that, but it do, you know, so, Muna, self-title, that's number seven, we got a lot more to go through, folks. Number six, we have James and the Shame, uh, they're a man, overboard. So, uh, James, James and the Shame, uh, basically, who, who is James and the Shame? It's, uh, Rhett, I believe it's Rhett, not Link. Uh, Rhett of Rhett and Link and, uh, Good Mythical Morning. Uh, basically, if you know who those, I feel like most people know who those guys are. They're, like, very wholesome, family-friendly content, and, and they do, always do a good job. They, I gotta say, they made the original butt drugs commercials. so, you know, I owe them, I owe them my whole career. For some reason, though, no? because I just say "honk" if you love butt trucks on every episode. Uh, but we have uh, "James and the Shame" though, so it's a good, interesting because it was very, it's very Merle Haggard old country. So know, this is the only country record on this album on this list. Okay, folks. Usually, none, usually a whole country album does not make the list, but this one did, and I, I generally I love this. Uh, a lot of this album is about like it was Rhett or his first name is actually James, but I guess he goes by red on the internet. Uh, but it's basically old school country about deconstructing your Christian faith. I made my mom listen to it. And I don't think she listened to the words. And I was just like, Oh, your grandpa used to listen to. And I don't think she really listens to words music. Uh, you know, you play in an old cover band. It's like, I don't really know the songs you guys play. I'm like, no, it was just music that was popular when you were a child. Uh, but for the most part, though, it's a great album. I, I love listening to it because it's very, I, I generally it's a very deep album. It generally makes you think about things, and you know I don't listen to you know a very it's a very I would I I'm not gonna say like philosophical, but I feel like philosophical, uh, at least in regards to your your faith. Your, if you're anywhere in the Christian faith, and or if you're anywhere in your deconstruction process, like but also like if you're a Christian go through a deconstruction process. I'm telling you, you'll come out better on the other side. I promise you, you'll come out better. And I'm not, in your deconstruction process, a lot of people stay Christian after it, but they have to, yeah, you know, you got to deconstruct everything. But it's very interesting. I've not listened to a lot of records that, so I think Gunger probably has some records about deconstructing your faith, but also with Gunger, they believe, they're kind of like they act like they're smarter than you and like you're being talked down to, which I fucking hate that shit. But the James and the Shame, Man Overboard album, I think, I generally think it's, it's great. It's a great album. And uh guess the only thing I'm certain of is that I ain't certain about much. You know, it's just like, ah, oh, yeah. I guess I'm not certain about much. I don't know. It's a good thinking album. It's good. It's very relaxing music, too. Uh Generally, it's very laid back as well. So, uh, generally, yeah. If you if you like deconstructing your Christian faith, uh, or just old country music, I think like Merle Haggard, I think James and the Shame is something uh, you're you're gonna really like. So, um, you know, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. All right, we're now in the top five of our album breakdown. Number five: the 1975 "Being Funny in a Foreign Language." So I think The 1975 is generally probably one of my favorite working bands today. They're all, they're very creative. Uh they're very it's very thoughtful, well-thought-out music in, you know, it it's kind of under that falls in the category of being a rock band, it could be pop music. Uh you can, you know, it's very dancey, has electronic elements to it all the time and it's just it's always very well-thought-out music. And that's something I think The 1975 really has going to them today they're like the good rock bands one of the good rock bands and like maddie healy is like checking ids and getting consent to kiss girls you know i'm like man i want that to be me and shit like that i'm like that's that's my dream right there uh but i just get guys showing up to my show man i really like what kind of guitar are you playing And and shit like that um but yeah you know i wouldn't say this is like my favorite album they've ever made, though I think I think it has a lot of great stuff because I uh, I really liked uh, what was it the internet two albums ago uh, a brief Inqu- inquiry into online relationships I really enjoyed that album it, that, that album had it, it, it's not living if it's not with you which is probably one of my favorite songs it's about basically the song is about uh, Maddie Healy's heroin addiction. <laughs> but he stages it as a like a romance and but it's also like him watching someone else's problems and comparing it to himself so you don't have to think about yourself it's a it's very it's a very complex song but it's also a banger so uh this song does have this album does some bangers too like not, there's never gonna be like it's gonna be a while till we get to a bad 1975 album because they're just so creative and thoughtful with their music like happiness that was the first song they released uh, Oh not wanna go nowhere, and then I'm in love with you, I, 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 I'm in love with you, I, I, and It's just fucking. Like, I found it, you got it, that's a good love song, and, uh, you no, know, see, it's, it's interesting how they, like, create, because they, they're one of the few bands that create, like, an era with their, with their albums, too, uh, because I think, uh, the album before that, uh, It's pretty sad because I think it came out right before COVID. And then they're like, I I don't know if we can really do whatever we want with this album. And so we're just going to start working on the next one. And then, I guess, two years later, they... That was two. It's been a fucking long two years, brothers. Uh, Yeah, I guess they they released Being Funny in a Foreign Language. So, uh, yeah, so that's number five. uh, The 1975, Being Funny in a Foreign Language. Number four, we got Taylor Swift's Midnights. Uh, This is somewhat of like a return to form for Taylor in a lot of senses because, you know, we had 1989, which I feel like is her staple album. Like, it's just probably one of her best albums. And, you know, she's never going to top it, but she's never going to not make a bad album. And she released Reputation, which a lot of people didn't like, but it was her Reputation era. And it had a lot of, I think Reputation I've come around on a lot. I really like that album. Uh... Uh, you know, looking back on it, that's a lot of good songs. Uh, then you had Lover, which severely underrated by everyone. Severely underrated. That, that album is so, so fucking good. Uh, and then COVID hit. She released... Uh, America... America. What the fuck? Uh, she, she released Folklore, and she released Evermore, which, like, very acoustic, stripped-back songs. Not super electronic pop type stuff, and so I was, like, wondering, like, oh, is this kind of, like, where Taylor's taking her music now, uh, they had the guy from, it's not the Atlantic, is it the Atlantic, that, that's not the band, uh, I'm not, I'm not, no, but he was producing it with Jack Antonoff, and so, like that, so then they released Midnight's, and, uh, Taylor seemed to work with, uh, Jack of Midnight's, uh, and, uh, yeah, this, this album has, has it all, you know, folks, uh, it, anti-hero, just an instant classic. Oh yeah. It's just, that's just an instant, that's an instant classic. And then they walk into the room, you feeling the whole place shiver. Uh, vigilante T-Shirt, I really like that song too. Uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot going for, uh, for Midnight's. And I think generally, I think, uh, this is a great album and it's gonna stand out. It's gonna stand the test of time. I definitely think Midnight's will. Uh, definitely for a lot of, like, people are so obsessed with Taylor Swift, and they're like, everything is, like, a theory, or she's leaving us clues and stuff like that, and, like, she made fun of those people in the ad here music video, which was, this, it's just perfect. Perfect down to the last detail. Uh, only other thing, though, I, I think, I think Jack Antonoff, and, like, first of all, I love Bleachers. I've seen Bleachers twice, uh, you know, and, and I was severely upset how bad uh, their newest album was. Like, it was bad. But I don't know. I think Jack Antonoff's losing his touch. You know, um, like, you know, I loved him in Steel Train. I loved him in Fun. He did a little bit with the format. And then, you know, and then Bleacher's first two records were great. And then it's just been downhill for him. So I don't know. He's losing his touch. Uh, and uh, it, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sad about it, but I don't know. I'd like to hear a uh, Taylor Swift album not produced by Jack Antonoff. It, it's becoming too commercial. It, Jack Angeloff's music is, to be honest with you, but that's that's just a theory, a music theory. Uh, fuck that guy. Uh, I don't know that guy. <laughs> okay, so number three, we're getting to the close on the bottom of the list. Avril Lavigne, love sucks. I believe. Uh, I am happy to announce, uh, Avril Lavigne has been releasing the shittiest music. Since I was in high school, like, she stopped making good music a long time ago. Like, it's been a minute since she's released good music. Everyone's like, Avril is the queen of pop punk. I'm like, look, I love Avril. No, she's not. No, she's not. She, uh, you can't be going a decade releasing absolute garbage and still be considered the queen of a specific genre. Just saying. But I'm happy now. Ever since Girlfriend came out, like, until... Uh, Bite Me, the music for Bite Me dropped. That was the bad era of a- Avril. That's when her alter ego Melissa took over. Uh, but Love Sex, uh this is the first album in a, like probably a very long time uh, by Avril Levine. that was, didn't suck. But not only like do I just like a couple songs, I love the entire album. The whole album is just fucking great. She collabs with Mark Hoppus, uh, she collabs with machine Gun Kelly she collaborated with black bear I think black bear comes on a track I don't know if, like I listened to a couple of his original stuff I'm like you know it's I like it a lot but like when he collabs with someone he just fucking goes full trottle. I feel like a woman a real woman uh, but uh yeah dude uh, it's just so good uh, my favorite song on this is deja vu which like part of it is like a continuation of the song before it, Avalanche uh and you know it's like It's kind of like the same melody, but a new song out of it. Like, you have to listen to it to really understand it. But, you know, Bite Me, Bite Me was the first single that I'm like, is Abra Levine finally making good music again? And, like, that made me just, that just made me so excited for that. And then I love When You Hate Me, you know, Black Bear, Boys Lie. But I can too. Revenge is my sweet tooth. Boys cry, and so will you, because boys lie. But, anyways, though. Great album, number three of my year end list uh, Love Sucks by Avril Lavigne. All right, number two, we're on the number two slot State Champs, Kings of a New Age. I think of bands I started listening to uh, in 2022, I would say State Champs as good because it's it has that pop punk feel and it's in a good way, and I don't think any of those guys are pedophiles. Which it's very hard to list fine fine pop punk guys who aren't pedophiles to be honest with you. I'm like oh so you're pop punk? Name the age of consent in every state. Uh, you, and if you can, you're you're definitely pop punk. Um, anyways though, it was a great album. I think it, it had the thing with pop punk is there's you talk about pop punk music, and like you know you go back to the Ramones, you go back to the Sex Pistols, and you have that. You know and you had Green Day come in. I think Green Day. Uh, I was one of the very first few who really made punk in a pop format. Pop. When you think about pop music, people are like, oh, pop music sounds a certain way. I'm like, no, pop music doesn't have to sound any way at all. Uh, the reason it's called pop is because pop is short for popular music. And when you think about popular music, is it's the fact that, oh, a lot of people like this, or a lot of people like them, et cetera, et cetera. That's why it's pop. I think they did a good job... With the pop and the punk, like they made punk music, that was pop. You know that could be seen as pop, and uh, there's you can debate all you want about it, but I think just state champs, uh, just fucking knocks it out of the park. Uh, you know, and I and then I you know I started listening to their older stuff. I've got more secrets than you'll ever know. Another year and you won't let it go great great banger too uh they had a song Act Like That is that the that's a song I, yeah that's the I mean I think that's the song right it's not Act Like That I know uh Youngblood has a song called Act Like That um yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna just gonna just gonna look into my music library just real quick Uh yeah, it's act like that, okay, I was I was right, yeah, it featured Mitchell Tenpenny, of, I don't know if their band's Mitchell and the Tenpennies, but it's Mitchell Tenpenny, featured on it, but, uh, it was good, like, I've rarely heard, like, country singers, you know, collab with pop-punk guys, you know, or pop-punk artists, you know, it's like, it's kind of interesting, I think you did a really good job, Got gave me some ideas, uh, which you'll find out one day, hopefully, uh, Everybody But You is another song. I think that's their big their big song on this album. Just a, su- a summer banger, you know? Like, pop punk needs to sound like summer. And this song just nailed that, you know, specifically. Um, but also, you know, just think, there's many other songs on this album. Not a lot of sk- skippable songs. You can just sit there and listen to it, and you're like, oh, I'll listen to this again. Oh, okay, yeah, it'll be on before this one. Like, mm. not a lot of skippable songs on this album. And uh, that's what I really like about... Uh, Kings of a New Age, you know, by state champs. Go check that out. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Go check that out. Last but not least, we have our final album, my favorite album of 2022. Uh, and guess what? It's controversial. Uh, my favorite album of 2022 would be Machine Gun Kelly's Mainstream Sellout. So, uh, yep. Your problem was like, I can't believe you like Machine Gun Kelly. I'm like... Some good fucking songs, man. And I fucking love that album. It's so good. Like, he, you know, he talked about, like, his dad dying. And, you know, it's because his dad died the same day Hotel Diablo two albums ago came out. And so, you know, you're still doing that. I'm like, I'm never going to get over my dad. I'm like, I understand what he's talking about. He's talking about his mental struggles stuff like that. And, like, you know, there's, like, he had a gun in his mouth. And he had Megan Kelly. Megyn Kelly fucking... Megan Fox on the phone and stuff like that people were making fun of him. I'm like, this dude's having mental health problems. Like, if it was someone you cared about doing that, you would not be like that, you know? It's weird. I think hip-hop and pop-punk going together is a fucking great thing. I think those two coming together has made some great music. I know country and hip-hop tried to go together for a while, and we all hated it, Uh, me included. I I like a couple Florida Georgia Line songs. But overall, though, I would say... Yeah, it didn't work for country, but I think the way they're doing it in hip-hop uh, or in pop-punk is working great. I mean, Travis Barker, he's a big hip-hop fan, but he's, like, a pop-punk guy. Like, overall, he's always going to be a pop-punk guy, and, uh, I, you know, I just think the way he did it made it work out really well. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he, did, he did produce Avril Lavigne's uh, Love Sucks, too. I forgot to mention that, but, uh, yeah, overall... I would say, yeah, a Travis Barker-produced album is going to be good in my book. Uh, Forever and always, you know. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And stuff like that. So you can't be mad at me, and you're like, well, think about it this way. Uh, Think about it as a Travis Barker solo album, but it's just one guy singing. And uh, then you're like, okay, and I'll like it more. Uh, Makeup Sex, I think that's probably one of my favorite songs on the album. I had Black Bear. I think, like I said, Black Bear on an album is good regular girl and that had little wayne on it too uh that song's just a fun listen to as well and like i watched the and i watched the documentary uh that it was on i think it was on hulu and uh yeah like apparently little wayne just listened to a couple times the studio uh did his verse and then left and it worked out really well smoked a lot of weed too which at that point i think he needs that to function oh but anyways though yeah no. Machine Gun Kelly, Mainstream Salad. That was my favorite album of the year. If it's controversial, I know it is controversial. I'm sorry that things have to be... Or why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? But anyways, though, uh, if you have comments, leave leave comments. because uh, And tell me your favorite albums. I'm actually kind of curious what everyone else likes to listen to this year. Because I can't listen to everything, but I can listen to some things. And uh, I like music that makes me feel good and makes me feel something. And, uh, you know... Uh, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, It's not always rainbows and butterflies in our world. So. Have you ever cracked open a cold one with the boys? The vibes are on. Then all of a sudden you were out of cold ones. Though the vibes are still on, the vibes will soon go off because you are out of cold ones. There's no need to drive when you're under the vibes. That's why today's sponsor Drizzly is here to make sure that the vibes continue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's a saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the US and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee. So using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. You're not a boomer who still goes to what our ancient civilizations called a store. You buy everything on the internet like a modern individual. What if I could tell you that you could be saving more on your purchases by only making a few clicks on your computer? That's where today's sponsor Honey will change your life. Honey is a free browser extension you can download using the link in our description of this episode. Honey searches the entire internet for promo code, coupon codes, free shipping, and anything else that will save you money when buying things online. It's 100% free and at no point will you have to pay for it with all of those many, many microtransactions. It's as simple as pressing a single button and you can start saving money. Not using Honey is basically throwing money away that could be saved for more important things. I recently had to get business cards uh, for myself and Honey literally saved me 60% on uh, like a pack of 500 business cards, it was amazing add the honey extension to your browser today for free by using the link in our description of this episode and when you support uh when you use our links you directly support this show all right so i guess it's time to end the episode with ask shweezy okay ask shweezy oh for those of you who don't know some of you know some of you don't know that's the real question. I uh, can't uh, ask Squeezy is the part of the show where uh, you ask questions and then I answer them. It's just, it's that simple, folks. It's easy, Squeezy, lemon peasy. If I'm right there, yeah, I think I should be right there. I'm actually always right. I've never been wrong in my entire life, so I'm not too worried about it. But anyways, though, uh, let's just jump into it. Uh, why do men prefer to have a threesome with a girl and his partner? Rather than him, another guy, and his partner. Okay. Uh, So that sounded weird. What I'm assuming you're asking here is why would a man prefer to have a threesome? It would be like man and then two women, his partner, who's a woman, and another woman versus him, his woman, and another man. Okay. Why men are... Is it... Because I've not taken any survey type of surveys on this, but like most most people aren't you know, I think if they're the, the problem with the threesomes uh, regards to, you know, in my mind, it's like, well, I wouldn't mind having another woman, but if we had another man involved, I'd be kind of jealous. I could get jealous, and there could be a problem too. And also, like if you're not attracted to men, because I mean, I guess you're technically not having sex with him, but like at the same time, you're having sex together which i mean you know weird concept but you know it, it, some guys make it work you know and it's not gay if they can make it work uh you know and, yeah in my mind you know the reason why i would say it's weird wild like i prefer like two two women over me and another guy you know doing the same woman uh first of all i'm not shaming i don't want to shame like uh, a devil's three-way, as they, as the, as the, as the people call it, uh, a devil's three-way, man, man, woman. Uh, that's how. That's just a. That's a devil's three-way. Uh, but it's like if it's a good friend of mine, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna ruin the friendship, you know. And you know, like, w- what if she prefers the other guy over you, you know? Because I, I, I would be see, be self-conscious, I'm like you, you like me more than the other guy, right? You know, because I'd rather have that. You know, you never know. Uh, but, I think men would prefer that because one uh I like to call a guy sleeping with two women at the same time it's called going for the belt and uh you, you win the belt uh believe it's from helmet your mother, but you get the belt uh by doing it with two women at the same time it's the the three is classic and uh yeah it's yeah that's how it is, but uh, you know when you know I'm a single guy, and it's different for me because like. Uh, I don't have a partner, so, like, if me and another guy are gonna plow one woman at the same time, like, it's not that bad, since I'm not interested in either of those two, but we're just doing what we're doing, but then, like, it's different when it's, like, you're in a committed relationship. Now, some couples are into it, uh, I found a porn star, Serenity Cox, it's all, like, uh like her fucking other guys and then her husband's holding the camera and then he occasionally he's like suck my dick please and she sucks it for like 30 seconds and then goes back to the other guy it's it's kind of weird um but yeah but, but it's so much different when like it's oh they call it hot wifing that's what they call it but like the it's when it's with the partner it's kind of like you see her sucking another dude's dick and you're like you know, and, you, know like, you shouldn't be, like, overly jealous, you know, and stuff like that, but, like, it's okay to be jealous, like, it's an okay feeling to have, like, that's a normal feeling to have, and uh, I think with, when it's with your specific partner, you're jealous, but then, when you're with a woman, it's like, oh, uh, they're just going for me, you know, like, it's that, but, like, another guy with it, you just get a little jealous, I think it's a just jealousy, and, uh, honestly, I don't think that's, it threesomes are fun, and I generally believe, for the most part, threesomes are a a single person's game. It's just you know you're having fun, safe, consensual, fun. That's what that's what it's all about, folks. Um, and that's how that's the way it is, you know, as uh, Celine Dion would say. So. At what point in a relationship or dating should I disclose that I have a small penis? Have just not said anything in the past and gotten some pretty bad reactions off the back of it. Would it be better to have a conversation beforehand or would that be weird and put girls off? First of all, I don't know how big your dick Like, you didn't say micropenis. So, um, if you have a micropenis, uh, like, you know, that can be a deal breaker for some shit uh a micropenis can be a deal breaker. Uh and you know and then like you know but some women are like okay with the micropenis like i mean obviously nothing sexual but you know the couple figures it out and shit like that you know they figure it out. So like that i'm not shaming guys with a micro penis. you know it's like uh that's something you and god have to find out yourself like you get more powerful than get, like g- God was like, I'm going to make this guy not as powerful as me and give him a micropenis. So then you have to become more powerful than God. Then you must defeat God and you become God and then you you get your dick to a normal size. Um, One thing I have noticed though, like, I don't know, like, you know, porn, there is a big problem with porn because like, it's like always the guys like the massive hogs who like are in porn, like it's always those guys. And I do, I do enjoy a porn where, like, the dick is a normal size, and I hope, I hope the porn industry understands me, that we, we, guys with those big hogs, you know, that's why the Statue of David is just a little fucking stump, because guys with big hogs are fucking stupid, which makes, also makes sense, like, if you're stupid, you might just have a big ass fucking cock, you know, because, like, you never had to think for yourself, um, but, yeah, but I don't know. How small is your dick, you know? You, you had some bad reactions on it. That's, I mean, that's the question I'm having here. Obviously, we're not having a conversation right now, but uh, women don't like it. So, is it a penis? Because, like, I don't... Because if I'm right... Uh, what? If I'm right about this, if you have a micro penis, like, I don't think you can figure out sex at all. But, like, if you just have, like, a small dick, you know? Like, if you're just if you're small or normal, you know, it's like, you can, you can still do it. It's just, you know, but, and also remember, vaginas are different sizes too. And, you know, we should start shaming women for having big vaginas. I don't know. We shouldn't shame people. Um, but like, yeah, no, if you're just, if if you're not a micropenis haver, because I feel like if you're a micropenis, you should have disclosed that in this, but you're just like, my penis is small. Uh, let's also remember this. Not a lot of women get off by penetration so, like, you're probably not too bad. Like, and to be honest, I feel like a majority of like, you, like, you, we watch porn. We think that's everyone. Like, everyone just has a massive hog. Like, that's definitely not true. Like, I, we all have to have like five or six tops. Like, or even a little bit lower or wherever. You know. Um, and here, and you know, something I've been thinking about lately is like, you know, I've been with a lot of women. I've heard a lot of women's feelings. Uh, a lot of women are not happy with me anymore. Uh, one thing I do know I can say is no woman has ever criticized my penis size, and I'm not. I'm not and I promise you, I don't have a hog. I promise you I don't have a hog. Sometimes I feel when I get feel like I'm really fat, I'm just like this thing is sad. You know, it gets cold outside, like this thing is getting really sad. But you know, yeah, something like that. So I don't think women are expecting a fucking ten-inch hog. You know, a foot-long hog, big girthy shit. You know, like vaginas aren't that big and people are like well porn they seem to like it i'm like porn is fake porn is not real you know it's made for the male fantasy it's like if you're telling me that like those books that women read to get off like that's real that's what you're telling me here like those dumbass bucking books that women read to get horny like those aren't real either hallmark movies are not real porn is not real realize that um anyways though brother um some women, you're going to have to find a woman who's not really into penetration. And uh, uh, just, you know, she'll be fine. Like, women, I don't know, you know, it's like women don't care about, women aren't expecting a hog. And if they are expecting a hog, um that's the type of woman you need to stay away from. For the most part. I don't think I, I said anything helpful in this whole thing. So. How do I find my birth father if I can't find them on social media? I'm 24 years old and have never met my birth father. He's never paid child support. All I know is his name and no idea where he is now. Just looking to know how I can find him, if there's any services that help with that. Okay, so, I mean, I've not had this problem. I've known my birth father. Uh, He's on my birth certificate, and you know what? If he's not my real birth father... I don't care. I, I'm just, you know, if I find out, like, he's not my real father, I'm like, I'm, just, I, I'm too old to give a shit, you know? Like, I don't know what this fucking, my biological father's going to figure out, you know? Um, You know, I think, I always do think one thing you can check out is, I think most most birth certificates do have the father's name for the most part. If I'm, I, I, I'm, I might be wrong on that. Just making sure you know that I could be, you know, sometimes I'm wrong. Uh, I just want to say that. But yeah, sometimes you do have to put the father's name, you know, if you think you know who the father is, and, you know, yada yada yada, and stuff like that. Um, you have the name, so that's not too hard. You know his name, uh, so you could do some Google searches, you know, um, uh, you know, and try to ask your mom for more information. And it's like, you know, it's like you have to like come into it like, hey mom, I love you. I'm just, you know, this is all out of my own curiosity. Uh, you're you're better than whoever the fuck. Uh my biological father is, or who he or whoever he is, uh you know you just gotta be you gotta cushion it like try to figure out more about him. Do you know anything I could look at for Google searches, you know and stuff like that you know uh you know, and try to figure that shit out from there um so like that, you know, I've watched the show catfish, and you'd be surprised how easy it is just fucking Google information. you just gotta really dig deep into Google searches, you know, um but yeah, um I mean minus the getting your birth certificate and uh, Google searches are free, so that's the free show. uh, um, You can also ask your mom for more details, you know, like really try to figure out what's going on. Uh, But yeah, you know, like I would say that, like ask your mom for more details, but you got to like cushion it, you know. Um, Maybe doing a DNA test. So, you know, 23andMe, uh, I think that's the one, but like there's others too, um, hopefully. You don't find out that you're uh, the son of a of a fertility doctor in Indiana. Hopefully, that hopefully that's not your problem. Uh, but, yeah, so if you do, like, 23 me and you're like, okay, so, like, will your father be on the 23 me or whatever DNA test, like, type of situation you find? Probably not, but you're probably going to find a lot of other family members and, you know, family members that you don't know. And basically you can kind of go up there, because you said you'd know their name. So uh, in my mind, it was just like, okay. Uh, so you did your Google search, uh, you asked your mom for every detail you had, and you know, still can't really figure it out. But like, I think the lucky thing in your situation is that you know his name. So what you can always go into is after the you know DNA test, you know, similar to 23andMe, it doesn't have to be 23andMe, uh, it can be similar, I know people out there. But, yeah, you know, after that, though, like, just a lot of people are doing that shit, you know. Uh, and so you, you're probably going to find people you're related to that you've just never met. And uh, if that's the case, though, then you're going to find it. And then you can ask them, you know, over the all over, all over these systems and everything. Like, do you know this per- specific person? Uh, and hopefully they give you information you know. I think that's the uh, – that would be the, the last resort you know. And that's, like, you're going to put money into it, obviously. And you're gonna figure that out, so that's gonna be really cool. Um, You know, I never, I never know what to do, uh, what to say you know, in regards to like, I want to be my birth father, but though, like, you may have had another one, you know. Like if I adopt a kid, you know, it's like, yeah, you're probably gonna be interested in your birth parents, but I, I y- like, you want to set that solid ground to be like, uh, we're your parents, though. Like we're we're raising you, you know. We're your real parents, so. Uh, be good to your mother. That's, that's the best advice I can give you. Are aching blue balls an actual thing? As an owner of a wonderful, wonderful pair of testicles, I've never experienced any form of painful aches when not being able to orgasm, but yet I read on Reddit people claiming they get painful testicles when not coming. Uh, am I the weirdo for this? Is this the norm? All right, I, you know, I can't, okay, Um, so yes, Blue Balls is real, and I know women listen to this show, I do want to tell you women, Blue Balls is real, however though, what I want to tell you is that it's not, it's not like, like, hey, I I don't want you to give me Blue Balls, you need to have sex with me right now, it's not that talk, but it's also a talk for ladies, I just want to, always want to say to the ladies out there, don't try and give a man blue balls because it's fucking awful but also it's not like an excuse for men to have sex with you you know i hope you understand the yin and yang i'm trying to make when i say this that your men aren't required sex just because you turn them on but also don't try and turn men on to get blue balls because uh it's just a biological thing like men just need to come like you know it's that thing Uh, You've never had blue balls before. I hope you're a teenager and have not been in a lot of things. So, um, you know, I mean, there's like so many different questions I could probably have with you, but um, you've never experienced blue balls. But uh, I think the problem is, honestly, though, I'm just, you know, from what I'm reading here, I don't think you've been with. I hope I'm, I'm going to assume you're straight. Uh, you're gay, and you'll be like this guy could be gay. Like just, just pretend. Uh, I'm going to make the assessment that you've not had blue balls, and uh, you've not really been with a woman who's given you blue balls. And it's very common when you're younger. I think older women kind of understand, but yeah, with ladies though, no, I generally do believe that I have to like be the announcer for this though. Ladies, just because a man's like, I'm going to get blue balls does not require you to have sex with them. I 100% believe that. But also you should be mindful to try not to get a man, give a man blue balls because it does hurt. It's, it's a, it's the yin and the yang of all of this. Um, but anyways, though, I think you've not been with a woman. So you need to be with a woman. You'll get, you'll understand blue balls. You don't understand blue balls until you get them. That's, that's how it is. Uh, luckily I'm a man and I mean, I've been with women who are like, I really don't want to have sex with you, but I just want to be together. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go jerk off in your bathroom right now. And I'm just going to get rid of this because I'm not going to fucking deal with blue balls. I just want you to understand that this is how I respect you and shit like that. So, um, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. All Fucking dude. Is it wrong to be nocturnal? Everyone in my life makes me feel like a piece of shit for my internal schedule. I usually fall asleep around 8 a.m. and wake up around 4 or 5 p.m. Sometimes later. I work in service industry, so I usually wake up in time for work and then get off around 11 or 12 and then spend the rest of my night relaxing and gaming. No matter how hard I have tried, I always revert to the schedule. I feel like it's engraved in me to live this way. IDK, why? Can I realistically live my life like this or should I change ASAP? So, it does look like you have a job. So, I think a lot of times when people get mad at people for, like, living, like, uh, like more... have more of a, like, nocturnal schedule. It's, like, those guys who live in their mom's basements who are, like, not, you know, really not doing anything. All they do all day is just play video games and shit like that. They're Discord moderators, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I'm pretty sure y'all know what a Discord moderator is. So, uh, yeah, so I think that that's the kind of person, you know, who's are a lot of nocturnal people. I'm more of a nocturnal person, uh, mainly because I, you know, I do podcasting and stuff like that. That can be done in time of the day, but I usually end up doing it in the evening because, you know, I record on Mondays and then post on Wednesdays, and I always want to make sure the episode is, sometimes Mondays I have to cram and try to get the episode done. Uh, at least to figure out what, like, I'm doing on the episode, uh, but then, like, you know, I work, you know, as a musician, and uh, most people are not going to gigs at fucking 10 a.m. in the morning unless you're the promoter for School of Rock, where, you know, like they're getting, like, you know, they're having a battle of the bands at like 10 a.m. on a weekday, huge ass fucking crowd, you know, like not every, you know, it's not everyone has that job, but, you know, I, I'm a musician, you're like, oh, you're playing a gig, maybe. 8 p.m. to 1, 9 p.m. to 1, you know, depending on the circumstances, you know, like stuff like that. It's like, assuming you get off at 1, you still have to pack all your fucking shit, you get home, you maybe get home by 2 or 3, between 2 and 3, you know, stuff like that. And then, you know, you still have to wind down, so you maybe fall asleep at 4. You know, like, that's a normal schedule. Like, so the fact that you do have a job makes it a lot better that, like, this is, like, your sleep schedule or whatever you have. You know, that's not a big of a deal. I think the problem... Uh, well, a lot of people have, because most jobs are, have been like nine to five type ish, you know, forever, you know? And so when you get to a point where it's like, oh, you do not have a traditional schedule like most people, uh, it's kind of weird. And so you're like, oh, you're not up at 6am every morning. Naturally, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty fucking bad. Um, what I say though, the nice thing is you do have a job. And so you're, you, you're working, you're making a living, and stuff like that, and it's, in, you know, just all of it happens in the evening, you know, uh, you know, and stuff like that, you know, and just because you're uh, falling asleep during the day does not mean anything. Um, if you, if you want to think about it more specifically, if you want to look back at, like, caveman tribes, and I think there's something weird, because I think my brothers, me and my brother, are both a little more nocturnal. I just feel like I'm just, a mus- I have a musician schedule, Like, that's just been in my brain forever, where it's like, yeah, you're going to work till, like, 3 a.m., and then uh, figure out how to fall asleep after a little bit after that, and then, you know, if you can wake up around 10 a.m., that's very productive. If not, you know, sleep in a little bit, you know, Uh, stuff like that. Um, But, like, when you talk about, like, cavemen, I think there was something, like, a shifting schedule, because my parents were both early birds, but me and my brother were more like, we'd stay up late and stuff like that, and it would be good. You know, you figure that out. And so if we were like a tribe caveman, like my parents would like try to keep everything good during the day. Then me and my brother would fight at night and everything like that. So uh, this is the type of guy you get. So stuff like that. So I think as long as you know, you're, you know, you're working a job, you have everything good there. It's good. People just think that not waking up early is bad. But as long as you're doing good for yourself, you're fine. Don't worry about it, brother. Why would a parent shame their daughter for being a whore? Uh, hey, I was wondering why would a parent shame their daughter for her life choices? I mean, if she's enjoying it, what is the problem? She's not hurting anyone. That's a That's a good question. Um whore, the whore part. Okay. Is she a prostitute? That's a question. If she's, you know. And you know, I don't that that is weird though because like there is there's something like if you're you're a father to a daughter, and you try to be a good father, like you would prefer you know your daughter not want to work in uh, the sex industry. You know what I'm saying? Uh, any any sex work, porn, uh, you know, prostitution, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't think those are bad jobs. I generally I'm definitely pro sex work. Um, let me know if you need some samples. <laughs> that shit um and stuff like that but i don't know when you like see your little girl i'm like please don't get fucked for a living and stuff like that it's just i think it's just good parents but uh parents not wanting their daughters to go into that and then that's why you hear always hear about like that's someone's daughter up there you know it's like yeah that father wasn't present for that girl's life you know that's why she's in the porn and you know you think about that but um when a parent shames their daughter, like, for being a whore, I think that's, that's very bad. That's very bad. That's some very bad stuff. You know, I had a friend whose daughter was being, like, criticized by their mother for, like, uh, you eat like a little piggy. I'm like, I would never tell a, a daughter that. Girls are, like, their weight, you know, like, just because, like, you see what supermodels are, and, like, a girl, not every woman's, like, fucking paper thin, you know? So like she's like I would never tell. If I had a daughter, you know, I'm just telling y'all right now, I would never say anything about her weight, ever, ever for any reason. Because no, as long as they're healthy, you know, I I do I would generally just be more like, Hey, are you healthy? You're you know you do blood work and stuff like that. Are you healthy? You know, that's what I'd worry about. I would never worry about anything like that, uh, and shit like that, dude. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think there's, like, an expectation for daughters, you know, versus sons, you know, and uh, a lot of it's pretty toxic, so uh, I think if parents are thinking, if they shame their daughter for being a whore, then they won't be a whore. That's not always how it works. Just be a good parent, and uh, hopefully, it's, please ask your daughters, <laughs> like, father, that's the theme of this episode is, fathers, be good to your daughters, Daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers who turn into mothers. And fathers be good to your daughters, too. Because I think that's the real lesson of this episode. What's the difference between goths and emos? Okay, so I am in the emo era. And uh, some people are like I'm goth, but to be honest with you, to be honest with you, I think being emo is more of a two thousands thing. Being goth is more of a nineteen nineties thing. That's a big that's a big thing. I will say I think that's the big difference. Uh, b- well, first of all, we got to talk about music. So there's emo music and goth music and emo music. Can be a whole debate unto itself right. uh, about like what considered emo music because some because t- pop punk can be considered emo music, but emo music doesn't have to be pop punk. It's it's very different. You could that's like a whole semester worth of a class uh, to figure that shit out. Um, goth music, I think, is a very specific style and a very specific sound. It's a rock style of music. There's a very specific sound for goths. Uh, there was a specific time frame where you were goth. You listened to Bauhaus. Uh, uh, what was it? It's not Roger Plant, is it? No. The Cure. The, the Cure. Uh, if I, if I said Roger Plant. I'm sorry. Uh, the Cure, you know, stuff like that. There was like an era where it was being goth. Uh, the styles of being goth have been, you know, basically have transferred over time and stuff like that. So, you know, there's kids today. They're dressing goth, but they're not necessarily like goth as an identity. It's just another you know, appearance and stuff like that. It's okay. It's okay to dress like that. uh Just you know, be over twenty one. I just want, you know, I just want you to be that for me. That's for me specifically. But um, overall, yeah, I think the real lesson I would say is the difference between emo and goth. It's goth from more nineteen ninety. They're associated with very specific bands, Bauhaus, and. Uh, the Cure are the ones I think of. But then Emos, I think of, like, My Chemical Romance, you know, as, like, a style. But then there's, like, also, uh, it's not The Cure, um, The Used, I think The Used, I think of Take Back Sunday. Uh, there's a lot of things that can go into that, though, but there's style and differences there. Uh, that, those are really generally the differences, though. Uh, like, design, like, you know, um... Uh, culture and fashion-wise, they can be very similar, but uh, only only the real ones can tell the difference. That's the real facts. And with all that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of Cancel Sweezy. The last Cancel Sweezy of 2022. We've had a fucking year. It has been a fucking year. Uh, just like, let's look back on fucking 2022 is Cancel Sweezy. You know, I had to move... Sorry, my green screen almost showed. I had to move to a new studio. Basically, I moved to a new studio. My dad died. I started helping out my mom, you know, where she lives. Started playing with other bands, you know, trying to make a living, you know, making some money. We have, uh, you know, buying new guitars. My dad died. That's also, that's a big factor. Which, uh, you know, to, to anyone out there, if, if your dad's alive, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, you're never gonna get over your father's death. That's just gonna happen. Oh, uh, you know. This is the type of guy you get. So just just letting you fucking know that. Um, but you know, a lot of good things happened this year, a lot of bad things happened. I'm excited for twenty twenty three. Uh we're working on uh our YouTube side of things. The YouTube's just been kinda there. It's gotten a lot better, but basically we're trying to get our, all of our highlights monetized and so People listen to people check it out, and I can get money for it. Even though you don't, still, I still want to make the show. You know, you don't for free. Better sponsors, we want to work on that. Um, Maybe I'm gonna get back into having guests on the show very soon because I think that's something I think we'd all like. Um, And uh, for the most part, I just I just want to keep a good quality content, even though sometimes I'm just nonsense. So. All right, thank you all for listening to this episode of Kansas Sweezy. the last episode of 2023. Thank you so much. It's been real. It's been fun. Uh, it, you know, I'll say it's been real fun. Some days I feel like I have to truck through episodes, but other days, you know, it you know it's like I, I got a good thing going for me. So I love doing the show. I'm going to continue to do more. Uh, How however, however long we do this, you know, uh, I'll probably keep doing this show until I die. So I'm to love butt drugs. And stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is not at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Shweezy. You are now one of the smartest individuals who will ever exist in our world. Uh, if you like that episode, make sure you subscribe. Whether you're watching this show or listening to the show, make sure you subscribe. That way you get notified whenever we release full new episodes as well. And if you're on YouTube, smash that bell button. That way you get notified anytime we make a post over here on YouTube. Uh, honk if you love butt drugs, and uh, yeah, stay awesome.